Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest fintech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes. If you are interested in participating in one of our podcasts, please reach out to us. Contact info can be found in the notes of this podcast posting. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to another FTF Exchange podcast. For this podcast episode, I am speaking with Sean Murray, who is Senior Vice President, Senior Director, Product Management at FactSet, and Nina Mayers, who serves as Director, Performance Product Management, also at FactSet. FactSet offers solutions for investment research, portfolio analysis, wealth management, data management, quantitative research, risk management, portfolio management, trading, banker efficiency, industry analysis, and ESG-based investing. For our discussion today, we will cover FactSet's acquisition of Bysam, the new landscape for the combined uh, company, and a peek at the future. So first, uh, Sean and Nina, uh, please introduce yourselves to our listeners. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Uh, my name is Sean Murray. As you said, I am a Senior Director of Product Management here at FactSets. Uh, I have purview over all of FactSets' performance products. Uh, in my history, how I ended up at FactSets, I joined uh, Bysam uh, in December of 2012 and you know, came here through the acquisition of, of, uh, of by FactSets uh, in March of 2017. Thanks, Eugene. Uh, so like you said as well, uh, my name is Nina Mayers, and I'm a director of product management uh, here at FactSet. So I work as part of Sean's team and oversee uh, the suite of performance solutions that we have here. Uh, similar to his background, I was also uh, a joiner to FactSet from uh, the acquisition of Bysam. So I joined Bysam as a performance practitioner in the space uh, in 2014. So really looking forward to speaking with you and, and all the listeners of the podcast today about uh, our performance solutions here. Uh, so, so quickly remind us, why did FactSet acquire Bysam? What were the conditions that facilitated the acquisition at the time? There were really two sides to the story. Uh, there's the kind of traditional legacy BISAM side of the story, and then there's the FactSet side of the story. Uh, on the BISAM side of the story, you know, we were founded uh, around the year 2000, you know, a startup in Paris that was focused on uh, performance measurement with a really, really strong foundation in data management uh, and in automation and workflow processing for the performance community. Um, on the FactSet side, you know, the story is a little bit different. The story really started. Uh, you know, as an analysis tool that sat on the desktop and was more what we call indicative in nature, right? Meaning uh, you're you're there to kind of analyze a portfolio. And once you put the uh, results set away, the result set kind of disappears. Um, so it was always the intention with BISAM to get to a point of market success to then uh, focus on an acquisition. Uh, and it was the intention of FactSet to really focus on building out what they called the portfolio lifecycle. So the desire of Faxet was to make the applications more sticky and really, you know, um, have much more of a presence in the enterprise performance space. Uh, and the two came together. You know, there was a, essentially an analysis on the market. Uh, you know, the fact that Bysam was reaching the point of maturity and really was reaching the point where uh, an acquisition was was uh, in the near future. And the two firms came together. Um, you know, the idea was we can bring a lot of the intellectual property of, of B1 
to the platform of FactSets. And really, that's what we have been doing for the last seven years. It was really motivated and driven by the desire to really build out a set of capabilities on FactSet that existed in Vicium and wanting to really port that functionality over. How has the acquisition addressed the pain points for clients? Yeah, it's a great question, Eugene. And I think that it kind of parlays nicely into what Sean was talking about there about um, some of the motivators behind the acquisition. As as sort of a, a legacy Vysam application, there were a number of areas where clients would continually come to us and ask for sort of enhanced functionality. Um, and, and so with the acquisition uh, of Vysam by FactSet, we were able to address quite a few of those. So just to kind of give you some examples of that, you know, clients would always come to us and say, you know, the, the B1 solution is a little bit of a, a an empty box. We don't have any uh, content, benchmark data, market data, um, and it's quite onerous on us to, you know, pull that data together. And so with, with the acquisition by FactSet, you know, as Sean was mentioning, FactSet has been uh, a specialist in the content space for a really long time. And so it addressed that sort of data integration pain point that our clients had um, by integrating our, you know, best of breed performance solutions uh, with the best of breed content that, that FactSet provided. Um, you know, the, the performance process is notoriously data hungry. And so I think that that was probably the most significant pain point that we addressed. But, you know, of course, it, as we think about other areas um, in the middle office space, you know, reducing the operational overhead of the technology stack that was required for some of the legacy BISAM applications, as well as bringing the services expertise of FactSet to bear on the um, implementation process and the business as usual process of, of the production of performance. All of those things were areas where our clients are a lot more satisfied with our products, uh, given the, you know, the integration of the two firms and the two products. And what do you think is, has been the most important change to come from FactSet's acquisition of Bysam? So besides everything that uh, Nino was just talking about on the data side, on the content side, on, you know, the deployment side, uh, that we've seen a trend in the industry where you want to unite the front and middle office and the client experience together. You all want to be speaking the same language with the same data sets. So again, what drove the acquisition of BISAM by FactSet was this notion of building up the portfolio lifecycle, essentially uniting everybody uh, around that kind of one common framework and that one common data set. Uh, you know, B1 is a fantastic tool. Uh, it has been a fantastic tool for, for decades at this point, but it's isolated, right? All it does is really performance and attribution on the official sense. What clients really want is to wrap that with uh, an ad hoc platform that can help you answer questions on demand, as well as risk, as well as front office and many other components. So I'd say the biggest uh, impact and the biggest change that we've been able to do is really, uh, again, enhance what we can do on the performance space within our core FAXA platform but also wrap that with all of the other business functions uh, in the middle office for sure, and also building into the front office too. And then how has the acquisition impacted FactSet's uh, managed services and outsourcing business? Yeah, I think that that's another area for sure that kind of parlays into the pain points that clients had and, and the integration of performance across the portfolio lifecycle. Um, I, I think that it's really enhanced our ability to offer, you know, managed services and, and performance outsourcing to our clients because of the depth 
and breadth of the FactSet services team and the infrastructure, the technology infrastructure that FactSet can offer. So we really now have the flexibility with the integration of the teams and the platforms to layer all of FactSet's expertise in in this particular domain with sort of best of breed product and performance practitioners, um, a lot of which, you know, came came from the acquisition of Bysam and and the integration of those functions just from, you know, a people perspective. We'll probably talk here a little bit later as it relates to things like technology and infrastructure um, around these types of platforms. But I think the other area where We've seen a lot of benefit for services and and performance outsourcing is that with the next gen technology stack, we really have much more transparency into our clients' processes, how they run their performance platforms, and then be able to more proactively address the pain points that they have because of that transparency we have into their processes and products across the middle office. And that could also have a ripple effect uh, throughout the organization so that other changes might be made as well uh, for your clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're really operational efficiencies kind of across the board um, as we look at the, you know, the front, middle and back office. So how are firms benefiting from the hosted software as a service, also known as SaaS, aspects of key performance measurement platforms and offerings? Yeah, I think that, that that really gets into that that point around sort of additional transparency into the client process. Um, so so clients are absolutely benefiting from you know the use of performance tools as a service. You know, they're they're getting away from the large technical overhead and technical debt of running, you know, on-premise installed applications and, and again, sort of being able to benefit from additional services layers um, and expertise that, that vendors like us can bring to the table because of the transparent nature of software as a service and the ability um, to, to gain insights into our clients' workflows. I would also add that our our ability to deploy very quickly is also key here. So, uh, you know, anybody who uses an enterprise solution is used to working with a provider, right, who's going to kind of give you a package, you're going to take that package, certify it and roll it out. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, a lot of our clients historically have been using very old versions of the platform and of the product. Uh, and we're suffering from a lack of, you know, enhancements that they didn't really have access to. So they were available, but they just weren't able to deploy them. In a SaaS world, right, we're pushing um, enhancements and, and defect fixes to our clients twice a week. So we're constantly as a, as a product factory, right, working on changes to product and fixing bugs. And the, and the difference between the SaaS deployment and the on-premise or even hosted deployment is in the, the way in which we deliver and we kind of push enhancements out. So the very rapid pace uh, of enhancement that FactSet has is pushed to all of our clients twice a week. It basically appears there for you. We notify you of the enhancements, and then you can work on integrating that into your workflow right away. So there's no overhead, there's no upgrade, there's no technical debt. It's just available to you right away, and you can make use of it right away. And that's a massive shift from uh, from the more traditional enterprise software players. One of the new realities is that performance measurement platforms are, are no longer empty boxes that require a lot of data integration. What do most firms expect now from their performance measurement platforms? I mean, the biggest thing that they expect is to ease the burden of the data integration side. So, you know, again, we, we come from the, the BISAM and the B1 world where every client had to integrate their content sets into the application, even if the content they were integrating was the same as others. 
So if you're integrating, you know, a Russell index set or an S&P index set, uh, you know, you're doing the work that everybody else is, is doing as well. So at the bottom, um, what our clients expect is essentially for us to deliver content into the application, uh, for that to be available immediately, for the clients to be able to start up and, uh, and create a new strategy and for them to be able to pull benchmarks in or pull NFX rates or risk-free rates uh, to pull that in almost instantaneously. That's, that's what their expectation is. Uh, time to market is increased uh, and certainly the cost of integration uh, is, is pretty radically, radically decreased. But I would say that what clients also expect is if there's disagreement with a data point that FactSet offers, they expect to be able to manage that. Uh, so let's say you've got an analyst rating or you have a different view of what the sector on a security might be. They still expect to be able to override that uh, and they expect to blend their own data with, um, with our data. But, but I'd say this, this notion of black box systems and the way we uh, approach things, again, you know, we do this on behalf of thousands of clients. Uh, and what they expect is to leverage everything we do for all of our other clients, but still allow them some flexibility to uh, to modify as they as they need. Vendor compression and, and other changes could mean the end of the line for some products and services. And, and firms are looking for replacements. What kinds of internal IT infrastructure changes are financial services firms making so that they can derive the most value from performance measurement offerings accessed via a SaaS mode? We have definitely experienced that as well, you know, coming coming into this from from the, the sort of vendor perspective um, in terms of compression and replacement of legacy systems. Um, I think the the probably the most significant sort of driver here has been, you know, the shift to the cloud. That means a lot of things for a lot of different people in this space, but it's really been apparent to us across the board as we look at the changes that our clients are making to their their technology infrastructure. You know, they they really expect that the infrastructure that's needed, the databases, the servers um, to support their uh their processes across the portfolio lifecycle, they really expect that those are all, you know, hosted in the cloud and, and things that were traditionally kept in-house have, we very much seen a push towards towards cloud providers uh, like FactSet and our partnership with with AWS and, and the hosting capabilities that, that we offer for not only performance, but also all of our other uh, other solutions across the portfolio lifecycle. Um, so this, I, I think that this large scale shift that we're seeing um, in terms of the technology infrastructure has really benefited clients. It, 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 there's a number of drivers to that, but I think one of the main ones that we see at least um, is that uh, across that sort of life cycle of the back, middle and front office, all of their applications can talk to one another um, when they're hosted in the cloud. So it facilitates easy integration of data across the platform, uh, across the different platforms, um, as well as uh, integration with sort of next-gen cloud providers that we see in the space like Snowflake and other uh, tools um, that have been built to, to ease uh, the data integration burden uh, for, for our clients. That also means uh, scalability and mobility, uh, as we saw during the pandemic when people could move and, and, and scale up uh, despite uh, yeah. not being able to be on-premise. Yes, exactly. exactly. For next year and beyond, what new features and IT capabilities are clients requesting for their performance measurement operations? Sure. I think, I think the answer to this question really lives in um, 
a renewed focus in what we think of as FAXA, um, as workflow capabilities uh, across performance and, and other middle office platforms. So although there are many different um, elements of, of what we traditionally consider as performance that are maybe uh, commoditized or that, that clients see as um, sort of a table stakes type of uh, functionality. So thinking about things like different return methodologies or different attribution calculations, what our clients are really coming to us with now, they need those table stakes, um, but they also want to see technology that helps them tie all of their workflows together in a seamless way um, and allows the expertise of their teams to focus on the most value added you know, analysis-based activities that they can. So, you know, tying together data integration, data quality controls, that the actual performance process itself, uh, risk reporting kind of across the portfolio lifecycle, and having actual user interfaces and other components of the platform that help them to, to pull that process together. So one of the things that that Sean and I talk about a lot is, you know, as we think about integration with other tools, um, we see that that sort of workflow integration that clients are looking for, we see that sort of spreading out into other areas like risk, like reporting. So it's something that, you know, clients are, are coming to us with and we're starting to see the borders of our clients' requirements in terms of integration, pushing out into other areas like risk and reporting. We're hearing a lot about artificial intelligence innovations. Do you think AI can improve operational efficiency? And if so, how will it enhance your offerings? The AI is definitely going to be one of the biggest disruptors that we'll see in in fintech. Uh, And I think all of us are trying to figure out exactly how to harness it and what we're going to do with it. Um, In in our space, right, on the performance side, what we see is that there's a lot of processes that are repeated uh, over and over and over again. And so the question that Nina and I have been asking ourselves, right, in the teams that we work with is what can we do to, to ease that? And we kind of think of it in kind of two camps. Uh, One camp is, can we really ease the onboarding process and really help clients get data integrated faster? And then in the other camp, you know, the question is, you know, what can we do to help clients really analyze results and find problematic accounts more easily, right? And kind of explain some of the reasons why there might be a problematic account. So, um, so, Nina, just quickly, maybe you want to talk a little bit about the the data ingestion and some of the things that we might be able to do with AI on on that side. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially given my experience sort of as a a performance practitioner in the space, we know that that this is an area where our clients uh, spend a lot of time today. You know, performance is a very data hungry process and the activities around onboarding of data have been something that that performance practitioners have have struggled to come to terms with for a long time. So as Sean said, as we think about how AI can help with that process and look at the types of things where machine learning can sort of help us to replicate repeatable processes, there's a lot of things that that our clients do in terms of data checks, controls, analysis, before we even really get to that sort of calculation engine that we think that AI can really have a significant impact on and and can kind of help to to smooth out some of the bumps in the operational processes that our clients experience today. And then on the flip side, once the results are calculated, right, what we what we do in performance is we validate those results to make sure that they're in line uh, with our expectations, right? And we try to find the reasons why 
something might be might be off, right? So we might use an excess return or some kind of you know benchmark relative measure in order to do that. Uh, and oftentimes, it's really trying to find a needle in a haystack. Uh, so where we've been working with our teams is to to really try to understand what can we do if we have a large data set, especially for clients who have a lot of scale. Uh, are there things that we can do to more systematically point out problematic accounts? Uh, and just try to, you know, alert the performance analyst to those accounts and even suggest some reasons why, you know, the return might be slightly off or there might be some risk measure that's sort of tracking a little bit higher than, than expectation. So that's on that kind of production side. Um, the other thing I would point out is, you know, FactSet has been investing really heavily uh, in AI. We've released a number of press releases in AI. Uh, a lot of it's kind of skewed more to the analysis side. Uh, at the moment, but we expect that to really, you know, fold in on the operational side. And then, you know, for anybody who wants to learn more about what FactSet's doing with AI, you know, visit FactSet.com. And there's there's a lot of information available there as well. Great. Thank you for the conversation today. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at FTFnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit fcfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange Podcast. <laughs>